Hello and welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by the two usual boys, Sam and Carl. How are you doing, boys? I am doing bloody great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no worries. I'm glad you came prepared. I am also here. Nice. That is an answer. Lovely. <laughs> this week, upon Sam's insistence, we watched a live-action <laughs> rendition of 101 Dalmatians. Without further ado, let's get into a quick plot synop right from the top of Google. <laughs> The dustedly Cruella de Vil chances upon a litter of cute Dalmatian puppies and decides that their skins will make her the perfect new coat. After she sends two hapless heavies to steal the dogs, it is up to the parents, Pongo and Purdy, to stage a daring rescue. Joining them for the adventure are their human pets and host of guest animals, including a cheeky raccoon and a helpful horse. Jesus, that was a mouthful. No punctuation. Wait a minute. Did they just describe all of the farm animals as the pets of the dogs? No, that's just the way it's written <laughs> and the way I unfortunately read it. Okay, that's the, just the a confusing. Of the dogs are the humans, but there are also a cheeky raccoon and helpful horse later on. There's also there's all kinds of animals in this. Yes, and they can all speak and to each other. We are going to get to that, and yeah, they can all seemingly speak to each other. Oh no, that was one of my notes. Uh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like right at the start. Because you've mentioned it already, I've got to defend myself. I loved this film when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> this was, I've said already. Uh, actually, no, I haven't said in anything that we've released. I've said already that Inspector Gadget was my favourite film. This was competition. I really loved it when I was younger. I'm going to well, figure you out, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Gadget and 101 Dalmatians. Is it like the invention-y type stuff in it? You must have loved Flubber as well. Well, it wasn't really inventions in this, but like the, the dogs were opening doors and turning on the showers and stuff. Is it that sort of stuff you like? Okay. I, I did love inventions. And another one, I did love Wallace and Gromit. And the yeah, Wallace and Gromit film where they go to the moon, that might be my next pick, actually. Is it? Is it just going to be, it turns out, Sam likes movies where the dog licks their owner? Is that... <laughs> if a dog if a dog wakes up its owner that's a favourite movie for Sam well this movie begins with an alarm waking up a dog and if there's an opposite to a, a dog waking up a man with a lick this is this is that uh, what a great segue that was Evan <laughs> that was amazing it, the, the alarm clock wakes up the dog the alarm clock goes off and it's really loud it doesn't with it, with the noise it makes, it neither wakes up the man who owns it or the dog that's sleeping beneath it. Instead, it just falls directly on the dog's head. And it looks like a real alarm clock falling on a real dog's head. That looks really painful. I mean, uh, that's the first CGI alarm clock. Well, it's You're also welcome. the 90s. And did anyone stick around to check if it says no animals were hurt in the making of no, this movie? No. That's what I was wondering. Who knows what the rules are in the 90s? They might have just thrown that alarm clock at that dog. I really hope they didn't give a dog concussion for the first scene. This is your favourite movie. What's that say about you? <sighs> Boys, it's fine. All the dogs in this are now dead. <laughs> I either really love dogs or I really hate them. I don't know. Um, yeah. It, it starts with the alarm clock waking up Pongo the dog, who gets up and does everything around the house with roughly the same efficiency of a Wallace and Gromit machine. Like yes. It's all the same stuff. He gets up, he turns on the coffee machine, he gets the milk, because everyone loves their milk with like dog saliva all around the rim, obviously. <laughs> and then, yeah, he goes straight up to his owner, who I think, his name was Roger, wasn't it? It is, yeah. He goes, oh, nice. Hey. I wrote that down many times and still forgot. <laughs> he goes up to Roger and, yeah, licks him awake. Although he licks doesn't actually wake he licks his ear, which we can only assume in Robert's in Roger's mind, fucking Robber, in Roger's mind, is his ear getting tonged out by, I guess. Oh yeah, he's Anita. getting an ear job for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm awake. We don't see the dream, but it definitely happened. <laughs> and he also turns on his computer for him 
because apparently that's a chore that needs to be done in the morning. He turns the computer on, which comes up saying, hello, Pongo. Which <laughs> implies that Roger knows this happens. And I don't know, there's so yeah. many implications of this. It, it, it that implies that it's the, baffling. It implies the ear job is a requirement and expected by <laughs> Roger at this point. I'm not waking up <laughs> yeah. without the ear job, Pongo. You get my coffee ready, you turn on the computer... And then my ears are feeling pretty dry right now. <laughs> He's trained him to do every aspect of this. Oh, that's awful. He was probably happy when all of his kids got kidnapped. You don't have to, you don't have to suffer this. Imagine if you're Roger and you're showing, you're, you're showing someone something on your computer. So you boot it up and first thing it does is welcome your dog's name. Imagine you're a woman who agrees to marry a man the first day she's met him. And then find out later yeah. on that <laughs> now it's your job to lick his ears every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we don't need to imagine that woman because we cut to her now. There's a segue. And if you now that's thought, a segue. For more segues <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you thought that Pongo was a prodigy of a dog, you haven't seen shit. Because cut to Purdy, oh. the female dog, who not only is watching a news item on the TV, but is turning around and having a chat with her owner, commenting on what's happening on the news. Look, but this is where we skipped where Purdy wakes up Anita by licking in between her toes. So she's not that much better, (laughs) all right? (laughs) The version that I watched skips that as well, so... Oh, and then... Okay, there's a lot of establishing characters early on. Roger takes Pongo to the park. He has a chat about his job, introduces us all to the fact that he's a game designer and he's designing this indie game that he's hoping is going to wow some unknown. The greatest suspension of disbelief required in this movie. It's just the perennially (laughs) 45-year-old Jeff Daniels is a young, struggling game developer. It's just so old. And his game is just the animated 101 Dalmatians movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's just clips from that played one after the other. So he takes his he takes his game, uh, his in-development game, to the like nine-year-old child who is the only game publisher in the world, I'm pretty sure. Hey, uh, he he's picked the best that- game in the world since he was six years old, which was probably last year. It is... N- Insane that nobody asked how old that kid was. Yeah. Well, how old is he now? Seven. Oh, he's six. <laughs> he smashed it last yeah. year. <laughs> he just picked every game last year. So by default. How many games it. came out in the 90s? <laughs> I mean, this is around few. the time that E.T. Atari game was probably coming out. So just don't pick that and you're good. That bad? I can't let that slide. It, that was in the like seventies or eighties. All right, yeah, fair. That, oh, was, yeah. that was probably when ET came out. <laughs> Oof. Like, I, I say shit. I don't have to be Sorry, true. I've, I've fact checked a lot of things in this movie. I'm being really pedantic. <laughs> um, by the way, game publishers not six years old. There's another little pedantic <laughs> fact check. Well, he was seven, so. He, yeah. Okay. So now it's fine. But he doesn't like the game because the villain isn't scary enough. And in his own words, even girls won't like this. 30 in the 90s, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can girls we, only like shit for games. a minute, talk about the accents in this movie? Obviously, this is an American published movie. <laughs> this is Disney. Yeah. So every British person has got to sound like a cartoon character. But that kid, I'll try not to berate him too much because he is just a child. <laughs> But I despised his very being because of his accent. Oh, look, that's not a very good fighting villain, is it, Dad? <laughs> Awful. Could have ended every sentence, chim chim chiru. <laughs> I probably just blown out my mic. I did the last time I did that. I had to cut it out. So sorry, Sam. So from one ridiculous job to another, we now see where Anita works, which is in a large building owned by Cruella Deville, where. I can't quite figure out what the business does. They design dresses, but they only make one at a time and they only make them for her. So I don't know what their business plan is. I think it's probably on the brink of going bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's got a massive bank loan to start this up. It's because she's like 50. They need a six-year-old in to replenish the business. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Need a six-year-old to judge uh, all the dresses. Oh, I love this. Uh, I tried to take notes for this scene, but Glenn Close's performance as Cruella is so big and so campy. It's brilliant. I loved it. It's my favourite bit of the movie. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. As most people have commented in various reviews, she kind of held the movie together. Uh, She's really good (laughs) as this character and like starts straight out with just full on evil. Evil laughs all over the place. Always big hands. Hands always something. Yeah. Massive hands. (laughs) That kid. Big hand actor. That kid who was doing the, uh, who was reviewing the game. You wouldn't believe the size of his teeth. It was all that fit on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. A reference to our only video that no one listens to. Nobody has listened to Casper, and it is such a good episode. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, back on on topic. So Cruella, Glenn Close, being the most just super evil acting, kind of you know, creeps up on Anita and starts talking to her about how, oh, spots, yeah, puppies have got spots. I should kill some puppies and make a dress from killing the puppies. (laughs) And Anita is just dead-eyed, no idea what's going on. So naive. Oh my God, she likes my design. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad she likes the pictures. And Which is immediately followed by another very similar scene, except in Cruella's office now, where she's saying, yeah, really sick. Still love the dress. Really good. Uh, God, I love dead puppies. <laughs> like she just says to her face, how many puppies will I have to kill to make this? Because I'll make it happen. I'll kill any number of your dog. I will kill your dog. <laughs> You're having puppies? Oh, sick. She just says, I will kill your dog. And Anita's like, oh, I'm so glad you like the dress. Yeah, we, we could make it out of linen. This scene. <laughs> No, it must be fur. I adore fur and dead puppies. <laughs> I really—it's like, a win-win. One of my favourite lines in the movies in the movie is in this scene uh, where she calls her. Uh, she calls her assistant. I want to say his name's uh, Alfonso or something, something like that. It was yes. I almost said Fabio again. <laughs> she calls the mask. She calls Alfonso over and asks him some question, and she's like, "What kind of sycophant are you?" And he kind of meekly says, what kind of sycophant would you like me to be? <laughs> Very good. So good. There were some great one-liners in this. There's some really they good did one-liners. Stand out. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then she, so she talks to it. She's talking to her employee, Anita, uh, trying to judge whether she's going to, you know, be a bit flighty. So you're going to take another job? No, no, you're gonna, I'm not going to take another job. I'd only ever leave for a man and I have no prospects, no prospects at all. So obviously, two days later, she's married. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... What a strange thing to tell your boss. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Not for more money. Not for another job I'd rather do. But if a man asks me to go, if my life doesn't fit into his life well enough, I'll quit. Yeah. Just straight up tell her, yeah, I would leave for a man who doesn't exist yet. She was lying anyway. She didn't... She didn't even leave when Cruella threatened to kill her puppies. Uh, she got fired. <laughs> she she didn't Cru- leave this job. <laughs> she was telling the truth. Cruella had asked her in this scene, uh, if I kill your dog and break into your house. She's like, no, I'd, I'd stay. I'd stay. Nothing will make me leave this job. Well, you do like my designs. <laughs> uh, back, out, back outside, Pongo, the world's... Back, back outside! <laughs> <laughs> okay everyone we're back outside now <laughs> we're all just inside with the other scene <laughs> oh I don't know why that tickled me so much we're back out we're back out in the real world we're back out in London oh, oh you are governor <laughs> Pongo the world's second smartest dog is tearing through the streets nearly killing himself and his owner, Roger, because he just has to have that shag. He's, like, he's glanced Purdy. He chases her for, like, five straight minutes, 
which mm-hmm. it doesn't really make any sense. She was maybe 20 steps ahead. She was going <laughs> like a bullet. If it wasn't for the aerodynamics provided by his red hot lipstick, he would never have caught her. <laughs> Fuck That is grim. Sorry, everyone. That is, that is disgusting. He ends up getting thrown into a lake, which is fantastic. Love that shit. And then he climbs back out and goes to grab his dog. But he gets mistaken. Easy mistake to make. He picks the wrong dog. Starts getting her on the lead. Uh, so Anita shouts out and says, what are you doing? That's my dog. So he grabs Purdy's leg and stares at her crotch. Like, you were just at the collar. Just check the name. Just look at the yeah. dog. <laughs> Surely you know what it. your dog looks like. By something other than the dick. <laughs> no, I'd only recognise my dog's dick. I only dick. know the lipstick. Give me two male Dalmatians, I can tell you which my dog is. Switch whatever one licks my ears the best. <laughs> Pongo is well trained. He knows I like it anti-clockwise. <laughs> Let's not forget that before that scene, she does crack him in the head with a bag of bricks. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Their first meeting, yeah. she walks up to him and smacks him across the head. He tries to steal a dog and this, oh my God, I fuck, I hate this guy so much. He acts like such a cunt to her in this whole scene. Like he's got, he wants nothing to do with her, but she is just so thirsty for this doughy, sad sack dog fucker <laughs> that she will not, she will not leave him alone. Doughy, sad sack dog fucker. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. That's a sad. Is this what happens when we record on Mondays? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Lord. Um, Well. So he leaves. They both. And then Purdy is sad. And Purdy then chases them with Anita on her bike. And we see her get launched into the same body of water. And it's about waist high and she lands on her feet. And apparently he then delivers CPR. Yeah, I mean, we see her, she falls in, stands up immediately, reacts. Stands up. Brushes herself off for a second, and then cut to them sitting down together and discussing how he gave her mouth to mouth. So the scene in between, he walked up to a complete stranger, still a complete stranger, who he tried to steal the dog of. They cut out where he chloroformed her and dragged her into the bushes. (laughs) I'll show you a red rocket. <laughs> Grabbed her and put her back under the water. Yeah. And both of them covered in this like slimy, marshy water mm. just started making out. I think now's a good time because we're introduced to both dogs. Pongo and Purdy. Worst names for dogs ever. Yeah? I hated the names. So bad. Really. I'm not enjoying saying them now. I didn't enjoy hearing them in the film. No. Uh, also, uh, not really a funny note... Do you think that Anita looked quite a lot like Princess Diana? I had that note. Oh. I'm convinced that when I saw this as a kid, I don't think I'd separated the two. <laughs> I think in my head they were the same person when I first saw this movie. And really clocked that. She's like, yeah. Good. Okay, just remember no. that. It's not important now, but it will be when I reference it later. Awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I've got a little something. Oh, no, uh, I reckon we're going in different directions, Scott, but cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, I imagine that mine's not as terrible um, as yours after what's come so far. <laughs> yours might be funny. I'm really trying to think of any scene where she's in a car, but... <laughs> the end... <laughs> Christ. <laughs> no, they're both drenched. They end up back at one of their houses to dry off, and they realise that their dogs now really care for each other. Okay, Carl's gone, yes? Yeah, pause a sec, hang on. <laughs> Shit. Any any better? Are you back? Am I back? Uh, yeah, your signal's just gone back up. All right, okay. cool. I think we can hear Carl again. Carl, yeah. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, he's gone. Replace this internet box right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's so IT crowd. You hold up a little like cigarette box size little black bit of nothing, little black bit of plastic. Like I'm putting the internet right here. What's Carl doing with Literally the internet? Is the proximity to a laptop. 
<laughs> Which is about the time in the movie that I looked at how far I was through and I was like, shit, this is it, is it? I did the Here same thing. At this point, I looked. I was like, wow, the plot's moving fast, but I feel like there's an insane amount to go. They're already married, but none of the puppies have gone missing. When is that happening? Mm. Well, no, we haven't even got the puppies yet. So I mean, at this point, they're they're back on the sofa. Well, they're not back on the sofa. They're on the sofa together. And I'd say probably about 25 minutes after meeting Anita, he says, would you like another cup of marriage? (laughs) Which, well, yeah, I feel like we need to discuss this. something that you say accidentally. We definitely need to discuss this because... The man offers her another cup of marriage within hours of taking three bricks to the side of the head. Like, can she trust anything that he says at this point? We could be talking severe brain damage right now. That might be how he functions from now on, just mixing his sentences without realising he might be just completely gone. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that might have been just... Yeah, the concussion talking. But yeah. I guess, look, he's a game designer in the 90s. He doesn't have the best social skills. So once she accepts the offer, he can't back out. He's locked in. And he's like, right, I guess I'm actually going to get married. So what seems like the next day? We cut to... They're in church. A wedding that looks like is at fucking St. Paul's Cathedral. Oh, also, that scene on the sofa ends with... <laughs> Uh, just as the camera kind of pans away (laughs) as the camera pans away uh, we see their clothes set on fire so I assume the next scene is their house burning down oh yeah which would explain why for the rest of the film they live with her nan I think Uh, well she calls her her nanny and she never like refers to her as a family member, but she mentions like being raised by her as a child. I think that's just her babysitter from when she was younger, with no explanation as to why now she's back in her life. Who is Anita? They have a royal wedding followed yeah. by the nanny showing up, and then they move into a house, quite a nice house in the middle of London. Huge. Yeah. So either Anita really is Princess Diana and child Carl was right. Or those bricks did their job and disability benefits were far better in the 90s. <laughs> Gets you a house within stone's throw of the Thames. <laughs> All the better for drowning puppies with. Oh, God. So, they're married now, and also their dogs are married, by the way. On that wedding, anyone notice that they made the front page of the newspaper? Did they? Who is Anita? Well, she is royalty. Apparently, I think she's Princess Di. So, we cut to Hugh Laurie playing working class. Uh, His character, well, him and Mr. Weasley, a.k.a. Horace and Jasper, which I've got down as, basically, if Jacob Rees-Mogg directed Lockstock. (laughs) These are the the two. I don't really know what they are, whether they're like henchmen, gangsters, mobsters, whatever. Just... uh, They're chimney sweeps. That's how, you're right, Jacob Rees-Mogg would think that all gang members in London are just chimney sweeps. Or you're like, mate. They're like the Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Yes, yes. Oh, that is spot on. I knew we were going to get a Mitchell and Webb reference. We haven't had one in so long. And that's been the problem with this pod. It's been a few episodes, so there's (laughs) your Mitchell and Webb reference for this. Well, they're, they're, they're seemingly hired to see when the puppies are born? Is that their job? They sit outside and wait to see if the puppies are born. Well, yes, that's, no. that, not at this point. At this point, this is the intro to them. So they're visiting Skinner, the dog Skinner, conveniently mm. named. Uh, he skins lots of stuff. He, sorry, he's just an animal Skinner. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Do not limit them in. They, so they, they walk into his sort of warehouse thing. Uh, Horace sees some dead animals in a jar and says the best line of the movie... He says, all these dead animals give me a shrinky winky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to I'm disagree about best line of the movie. But yeah, I, I loved. Was he Horace? I never took the, I never made the effort to figure out who was who. Horace, yeah. He's okay. Horace. Hugh Laurie's Jasper. The sight of all these deceased creatures gives me a shrinky winky. 
I wrote it down. That's my favourite line in the movie. It's really good. Yeah. And I did not catch it as a kid. Um, <laughs> uh, so from that back, we cut back to, um, to Anita, who's now talking to her, I guess we're saying nanny. Yeah, we're back nanny. inside now. <laughs> We've gone from outside to inside. We're now in, we're now in different bit of inside. <laughs> in Anita's nanny's house, which I guess is now uh, her house because they live with her for some reason. Uh, and her nan is looking at the dog and saying, oh. from the way she sighs and from her face, this is a dog, remember, I can tell that she's pregnant. Then Anita bites an apple and she looks at her and goes, oh, you too. <laughs> it's like, bitch, you're not a pregnancy test. Don't take her word for it. She just oh, believes her. Bitch, you're not a pregnancy test. She's like, fair play. I did sigh. So, yeah, I guess I must be. I hate it, Nanny. Not that that plot line goes anywhere. I truly despised her. Why was she in this? Well, the Nan. Yes. But she's not the Nan. She's just a Nanny. Yeah, so they. she's just diagnosed both of them with pregnant. And then Cruella Deville <laughs> walks in to the house unannounced. Just yeah. to kind of check in on the dogs without any... Again, she's not pretending anything. She's just like, oh, here's that dog I'm going to skin. How's it doing? <laughs> this has not been figured out yet. What does she want these dogs for? Yeah. Yeah, and he's just still got no idea. She's like, oh, that's weird. My boss is here. She must really like dogs or something. Calling it my sure dog we'll figure skin. this out in time. <laughs> I love that she offers them like £7,500, which I'm convinced must have been ridiculous back in the day. But nowadays just sounds like one month's rent in London. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like so they've. It's, I mean, yeah. So it turns out that they're right, and the dogs are pregnant. They have a load of puppies, and Corella walks back in again. Identical scene. She just walks back into the house unannounced. Please lock your door. You're in central London. <laughs> but she walks in and goes, "Oh, sick! A load of puppies. I'll buy them five hundred pounds each, which." Like, that's okay. I think in the 90s, that would probably be fairly good, but, like, probably not amazing. Yeah, top up the disability benefits for sure. Yeah, but um, the little sad sack wankstain doesn't <laughs> like the sound of her voice or something, so fair enough. She's obviously going to murder them. So he's yeah. like, no, they're not for sale. We're going to keep them all. And it's not like... We're going to make our own coat. Inferred that he thinks that Cruella's going to do anything to the puppies. This is just him being like, mm, no. Yeah. He's just being I've trained all of these dogs to lick my ears. Oh, They're yeah. not oh, going that's anywhere. That's what he's worried about. He's waiting for the day where he's woken up by every inch of his skin being licked by a dog. What a dream that would be, eh? One body part each. Oh, Guess which bit Lucky gets. <laughs> Oh, surely that's dips. The one he nursed back from the gates of fucking Hades by sort of tapping. Can on we the talk head. about that? Actually, we skipped the birthing scene where Nanny's just popping in and out of the room, saying how many puppies are being born. But the yeah. only one she brings out to see the dad and Roger <laughs> is the dead one. <laughs> okay, we've got fourteen in here. Here's one for you. And then I thought that. Him doing CPR earlier, allegedly, was <laughs> like the the setup for him bringing a puppy back to life. But all he did he was, was start licking its ear. Rub his two fingers down its spine, and he looks at Pong and goes, "Ooh, now wait a minute," yeah. and then revived, brings what? it back from death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering what the nan, the nanny, what what on, on what basis did she think that dog was dead? <laughs> did she check at all or did it just not move that much and she came out like sorry here's a dead one <laughs> here you can have this one you don't know how many siblings Anita had at the start that's why she's so lonely now and just desperate for a man so many brothers and sisters but if they fell asleep nanny had them in the bin outside nanny's taken them <laughs> She's got a coat. What they do with the royals? 
I also I also want to just quickly do a little thought experiment of okay. let's see this scene from Nanny's perspective. Her, uh, let's call her granddaughter, whatever she is. Employer. Employer, yeah. Uh, employer. A royal employer. Like Princess Di has brought <laughs> home a man and said, Nanny, I'm going to live with you with my new husband. Turns out this man is self-employed, absolutely failing. He's an independent game designer who cannot sell a game because all he does is remix old cartoons. <laughs> He's an absolute embarrassment. Finally, some redemption. He, His dog and her dog get pregnant. She's like, okay, at least we can sell these dogs and you can cover the rent. A woman magically walks in and offers above the asking price. <laughs> he steps in and turns her away. <laughs> How much would Nanny hate Roger? As much or less than me. As long as you can put a baby in, I want to call her Diana. I forgot, Anita. That's <laughs> Anita. all she cares about. She's a little brood mother, isn't she? That's all she gives us little babies and puppies <laughs> in the house. Mm. In the house for now. <laughs> Just wait till they go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Roger. This one's dead. <laughs> He's constantly, every morning he goes down and fishes four of them out of the bin. Oh no, they all died in the night. Pongo and Purdy too. No, they didn't then. He, he puts just, his he foot on the little switch and opens the bin to chuck his tea bag in. <laughs> he wakes up, he wakes up in the middle of the night to find Nanny trying to wrap a body bag around him. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's waking up in the morning. My, my ears are suspiciously dry. <laughs> Pongo's in the bin outside. <laughs> I'm sorry, dear. He passed away in the night. <laughs> he was awfully still, bless him. Oh, God. I'm sure I can hear him barking outside. No, no. <laughs> this is just like Anita's brothers and sisters. It just happens. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, one of the scenes later, this is a random fact from a scene up ahead, when Pongo is transmitting a bark signal off the, to off the roof, the first creature to respond to his barking is the nanny, asleep in bed. She lets out a little bark. Oh, yeah. So, what is her backstory? It's just crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, God, man. I'm much more interested in her now. I wish yeah. I'd paid more attention to what she was doing in the movie. She's the best character. Oh. Uh, and we have spent way too much time considering yeah. we're That's not okay. even past. This is all establishment. Yeah. We're going to skip a third of the movie soon. Yeah, we're going to skip yeah. a third of the movie. They're just, it's just barking. But yeah, then we have um, Hugh Laurie and Mark Williams are hired to see when the puppies were born. And I know we're a little bit past it, but it, it was my favourite scene in the movie where they're gonna wear tight legs as a disguise oh, I love that. and they both put on a leg from the same pair of tights and end up doing the pulling back and forth i know yeah. i'm 30 years old but i was fucking crying that was one of the best bits of physical comedy i've ever seen they're great they are, they are a really good addition to this movie yeah um, i mean yeah so, uh, so apart from the main characters this movie's really well cast and to be fair those two are Hilarious in their own right. Good actors. Really good actors. Very funny people. So, yeah, they killed it. Glenn Close killed it. It's just the main two who were Diana and Sad Man. Sad Roger. Sack. Roger. That <laughs> what was a shit. waste of Jeff Daniels. To have him play a brain-damaged man for half a movie just makes no <laughs> sense to me. More evidence of that. They do install a button on the door so it can be opened automatically. So I'm saying. Inside. Put a button <laughs> on the side of the door for your dogs who continually run away. They run away like four times in this film. Jesus, turn the button off. How will he get outside? He got hit in the head with bricks, Sam. <laughs> he can't possibly push down the handle and pull the door at the same time. Uh, do you want another cup of marriage? Any of this would ring a bell for you, Sam? Would you like a bowl of intercourse? I'm all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My oh. dog keeps escaping. What am I going to do? Well, you could turn the button off, 
How's I going to bring the milk in then? What dog? The dog died weeks ago. Nanny took it outside. <laughs> None of this is happening. Horace and Jasper didn't need to break in. They could just get three or four a day. <laughs> Out the Wait, bin. Outside, they'll be in the bin next week. <laughs> They've got to sleep eventually. Oh, God. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> but they do break in, and they push Nan in the cupboard. <laughs> They push her in the cupboard and they They, steal all the They push her in the cupboard. They have to squeeze her in among all the other dead dogs, but they get her in. (laughs) Crush her into the cupboard and then go and, yeah, bag up all the puppies. What's left of them? What's left of them? (laughs) Uh, And then they head straight straight out into the countryside and into Mm. a pub and leave them all in the van. Because obviously, as we know, there are no pubs in central London. They have to go way out into, like, I don't know. Well, that's where all the chimney sweeps drink. Middle of nowhere. Poor people are just going to drink with all the rich people in London. (laughs) You're crazy. To the sticks with you. I'll get you next time, (laughs) Gov. Even girls won't like it either. (laughs) Right, so uh, a bulldog catches them on the way out and starts barking madly at them. Oh, God. With a really shit owner who just does nothing. Just holds the dog there as it barks furiously at these men for like a good few minutes. <laughs> but that message gets back to Pongo and Purdy. Yes, because all animals can understand each other. Because all yeah. animals can understand each That's other. That's a really the important... Crux of the movie. Yeah. I know, this is, universe. I know this is an animal movie, but there was a lot of barking boys. It went on so for a very long time. The longest barking scene. <laughs> yeah, the next thirty minutes is yeah. oh my god, animals it- barking, chirping, running, making other noises at each other, doing little dances while an orchestral piece plays in the background. It's it's a mixture of what I wrote as animals do the funniest things and Home Alone with dogs for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah basically, which yeah. which it basically is. I. Named Bone Alone because oh, you know, oh thank you very good. But it, I mean, I did I did write a note here that I wanted to ask you boys: of, should they at this point in the movie, if they're going to get rid of all the humans for a bit or for the majority of it, should they have given the dogs voices like they do in the cartoon? Yes, that is something I felt was missing from this movie because you compare it to something else like Cats and Dogs, Cats versus Dogs, one of those Cats and Dogs, um, a much more enjoyable movie. Oh, home alone. I didn't know what not was going alone. on. It's just nothing Homeward about bound. this was engaging. Uh, yeah, I know they speak in Home Alone too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, maybe they should have. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on it. Like, I assume when we're talking about animals talking, we're talking in a cats and dogs way where they can all understand each other, but the humans can't understand them. Not yeah. in a Stuart Little way where. The humans can understand them. No, the humans can only understand mice. They can't understand the other animals, which I kind of like, you know, an extra sort of flavor to the rules. Let's not retread that ground. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe it would have been better if they could talk to each other. Uh, I think as a child, I probably thought there was a kind of charm in them not talking and just doing kind of visual acting, Uh, but it doesn't really work. Uh, it it work it works for ten minutes. Yes, but it's yeah. so long. It's so 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 long. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I didn't even get. I don't think I even got half the animals written down that are involved in this absurdly long animal <laughs> communication scene. But there were dogs, cats, cows, horses, pigs, raccoons, skunks, and some kind of like Mediterranean barbit thing. That's posing as a woodpecker. Oh my! But that's absolutely not any UK species of woodpecker. Uh, we also don't have raccoons and skunks. For anyone listening who doesn't know that, uh, I did a, not know that. A good yeah, chunk I, of the I animals. I just accepted it. A good chunk of the animals that are pivotal in this film are absolutely not in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? Yeah. So. They capture the dogs, and then we get 20 minutes of the dogs escaping. Yeah. 
which is really difficult to say say anything about until they get hunted, and we have Cruella out and about. I think. Well, we get. I mean, we get Horace and yeah, um, yeah. Horace and Jasper, Jasper. are asleep Jasper. at this point. Oh, Horace and Jas- Jasper are asleep in the mansion, the Deville mansion, which we've seen the inside of now, and it's fucking dilapidated. Shit all. <laughs> Why is it this like beaten down? piece of shit warehouse looking it's like everything's moth eaten it's all dusty it's just falling apart which it's because is because she, she runs a business that only makes dresses for her oh, that's true <laughs> yeah. Yeah. she's been paying for her own dresses for the past however long with no income yeah she's buying... been keeping the business afloat by selling off bits of her mansion yeah. buying dogs for hundreds of pounds each in the 90s yeah hiring people to wait for dogs to be born the house is going to fall apart. <laughs> she had them paid full time for <laughs> months waiting for those dogs to be born. They've been on retainer. To be fair, they do say that they haven't been paid a penny yet, so they've been doing that for free. I mean, they're living in wow. the house. They've seen where she lives. Yeah. Of course they haven't been paid yet. Would you be sat yeah, exactly. in that house going, <laughs> they know she's oh, she'll pay us any day now. Look how rich she is. Her name's on the door outside. <laughs> Fucking door that's half hanging off its hinges. We got to assume that she also lives there, and then when she comes home with all of her ten thousand pound dresses, she walks in the door and just falls asleep on some rain sofa, like just the same as them. You laid on my pile of sawdust, thank you. Can you move across? <laughs> oh, but anyway, so they're asleep in there, and this little brown dog shows up, uh, who we never find a name for. Shows up talks to a rat, gets inside and starts freeing the puppies. Luckily, all the puppies are just sort of chucked into one big room together. They're not like, you know, in a cage or a bag or anything. They're, just <laughs> They're not as smart as Nanny. No. <laughs> she double ties those bags. <laughs> <laughs> so he leads, he leads them up to... He leaves them up to escape to the roof uh, and sends them down uh, the drain pipe, which is made of bad CGI. They kind of <laughs> they transform into Scooby-Doo creations as they go down. And then as they pop out the ends, they're back to actual dogs again. <laughs> really weird. So what you're thinking they should have thrown dogs down a pipe? Yeah, absolutely. They already clonked one on the head with an alarm yeah. clock. Commit. <laughs> Many dogs were hurt in the making of this movie. <laughs> so many dogs were killed. Oh, wait, sorry, they were just asleep. Pivotal <laughs> oh, moment here. Anita has pieced it together. She's finally figured out. She's finally figured out Cruella's after her dogs. She's after the puppies. Crazy. She goes back and looks up at the drawing, which has been the whole reason Cruella's been interested in in the first place, and finally realises, ah, This looks cut. a bit like my dog. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I drew this. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she calls the police and says, my boss has stolen my dogs. And they believe her immediately. They're like, oh, well, then we'll dispatch literally hundreds of police officers <laughs> to track her down. Well, first they ask how much money she makes in a year. ADK, cool, yeah, yeah, we'll send all the police. You're not poor, are you? Uh, but we get a lot from my husband's disability benefits and we make about 20 grand a year selling puppies. <laughs> Luckily, most of them die. We have to we have to sell them behind his back because he wants to keep all of them. And my nan keeps trying to throw them in the bin. <laughs> Look, if we don't sell them, she'll just throw them in the bin. <laughs> it's the second worst business in London behind that Deville one. <laughs> it just designs and makes dresses for one person. <laughs> wow. I have seven people in a room drawing dresses. I'm one of those people, so I have to supplement my income selling dead dogs. <laughs> oh, what's the fucking husband tries to get a job working for a six-year-old? <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> this is a uh, way better movie than I thought it was. <laughs> oh, but, God, my uh, jaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. We can skip oh. through quite a bit of this because it's just at this. We get about twenty minutes of Home Alone, like we've said. Yeah, the animals alone. somehow set up some traps, and Horace and Jasper take turns falling through <laughs> things, tripping, tripping and slipping, electrocuting and themselves, traps everywhere, and all this shit, which culminates in Horace falling off the roof into a pond and then freezing Ooh. solid. Yes, mid crawl. Very cool. This, this is the only thing, the main thing that was in my head when I picked this movie. So much so, I thought that this was from Home Alone. In my memory, I thought it was in Home Alone. It's obviously so similar, but fantastic scene. So great. I love it. And I have something for this. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Freezley, that is all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How crap is that? <laughs> really good. That was worth pausing for. <laughs> Oh, God, oh, so some more. It's his own fault for going outside. That's where the bad things happen in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have stayed Never want to be outside. <laughs> the inside is where you want to be. Your outside bad things happen. That is true, actually. So more animal shenanigans. The raccoons break a car. Uh, there's some electric fences and shit. Uh, and eventually we got Skinner shows up, gets mauled by a dog. Horace and Jasper have been frozen and beaten and blasted and they get back in the car and turn it on and then it bursts into flame or turn the heating on and it bursts into flames <laughs> they they pile up some logs to get over an electric fence which the dogs have already happily circumnavigated but they pile up some logs to get over it try to jump over and land bollock first on the electric <laughs> fence and I'll tell you what that'll give you a shrinky winky <laughs> <laughs> Pause for laughter. <laughs> oh, God. And Cruella DeVille manages to track the dogs from the house. She's shown up as well. She's manages to track the dogs uh, from the house, I think all by following footprints, down yeah. to a nearby barn. Where every animal in a 30-mile radius is hiding. They're <laughs> all in there. First thing she does is try to walk in, gets pummeled by a horse, kicks her about 10 metres. She is not only dead, she's unidentifiable. She's a fine red mist in the air. Somehow she returns. She goes into the barn. She gets into the barn, horse gone now, gets a pitchfork and just starts like violently stabbing all the hay bales that we just saw the dogs hide in. We've got to assume that she gets a few. We don't see it, but I reckon she probably got a few with the nanny running in after her. I'll get him. <laughs> that one's dead. That one's dead. She loves that. <laughs> uh, and then she gets uh, tricked by the animals and gets a pig dropped on her. Luckily, all the animals can talk, so we assume that the pig agreed to be used as bait and then as a boulder of some kind. They drop a yeah. pig on her. She gets back up and sees some, I think, squirrels or something. Raccoons. Some more They have raccoons. a hat on, yeah. yeah. Those some native raccoons. raccoons we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wearing a hat. Who actually walks towards and they pull a lever and drop her into what, as a child, I was 100% convinced was a vat of liquid shit. <laughs> Until yesterday, I thought she was blowing massive shit bubbles. <laughs> Is it not shit? No, I found <laughs> no, it's not. It, I noticed yesterday there's a sign saying molasses, at which point I googled it, just like, thought that's what Americans said. Yeah. And apparently um, in the UK it's used for processing horse food. So I learned a lot watching this movie. But yeah, um, I she um, bro- she blows some fucking haunting bubbles in that yeah. stuff that yeah, for awful the awful best stuff. Over twenty years probably I've been convinced were big shit bubbles that were just coming out of her mouth. Really uh, but goopy yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was shit bubbles. Really happy to find out she wasn't covered in shit in that movie. And then two minutes later she gets hoofed again and covered yeah. in shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they clearly they watched that scene back, they were like, people are gonna think this is shit. We should probably clarify it's not by then catapulting her into some more shit. 
the contrast. <laughs> yeah. But this is where what I consider to be the best movie, uh, line in the movie happens. Where she then starts shouting angrily. She's fully flipped at this point. She starts shouting at the animals. And she says to them, You won the battle, but I'm about to win the wardrobe. Oh, Loved that, that moment. Is that that, that is, is a great line. I don't think line. I caught that either. I was too busy wondering why they had that trapdoor lever in the barn. What farmer sets that up? It's for the puppies. Put all the I can't believe it day. wasn't a vat of shit. I'm astounded. <laughs> I was convinced. <laughs> so many revelations <laughs> have come about now. But yeah, that's a that, really good line. That bubble that came out of her mouth haunted my dreams, I think, for a very long time as a child. Big shit bubble. Also, mm. though, like, think about it from an actor's perspective. You're dropped into a, a vat of goo, and she can't have been able to breathe then, because she breathes out and the bubble expands around her mouth. Mm-hmm. Insane. That's she's like a multi Golden Globe winning actor, and you dropped her in goo like it's the Nickelodeon Awards. <laughs> Mad. I don't believe she had any idea that was going to happen. I think that was all genuine reaction. A real trap pulled that lever. <laughs> the director was wearing a little hat and he pulled that lever. A raccoon directed this movie. <laughs> Explains a lot. And then we're finally at the end, aren't we? Uh, the dogs we're escaped. Close. She, well, uh, Skinner, Horace, Jasper, and Cruella have all been arrested, all been bundled into the same police van yes. and taken away. Although there Meanwhile, are hundreds of police vans. There are there are an insane amount of police vans. <laughs> There's an vans. army. <laughs> Looking yeah. for these dogs. There are hundreds of police. They've mobilized the entire police force of Greater <laughs> London to search the countryside for what they think is... <laughs> 17 dogs. <laughs> I mean, what we're missing in this movie is what's going on in London right now when everyone realises all the police are gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a better movie as the entirety of the city is going just full of the purge. It's like, yeah. <laughs> all the police are gone. They're looking for 17 Dalmatians in Surrey or something. Nanny is dragging kids out of their bed across all of London. <laughs> <laughs> this one's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my Lord. god! They, uh, and then two police officers spot all the dogs running over a hill, and they were all found. Uh, well, I imagine because they say, "Well, we, well, you look at that. It's two Dalmatians, and then what must have been ninety-nine crew members holding sticks with tennis balls on, because <laughs> all of those puppies were CGI." Yeah, of course they were. Yeah, just look at two two dogs walking towards them. So they Where? they bundle all hundred and one of them into the uh, patrol cars and bring them back to Roger and Anita. Line up all the cars along the curb again, ignoring the looting that's happening behind them, <laughs> and say, "Look, none of the other uh, what like eighty five dogs ish, none of them have been reported lost. So, what do you reckon?" Do you want all of them? I have a great note about this. There were nine names on the list that Skinner made, which was a list of people they stole the dogs from. Each one was the name of a family and the number of puppies they stole from each. I worked it out. It was an average of 12 puppies per family. That means nine people didn't realise that 12 puppies were missing from their house and haven't claimed them. Well, I suppose it's because all the police are busy, but... <laughs> Maybe they've all got nannies and they were just like, oh, they're, they're probably in the bin outside. <laughs> it's, got to, it's just the one nanny. She does it all. She's like an evil Mary Poppins. <laughs> she appears when when you get a bit sick of your kids and instead of making you grow closer, she just says they died. She floats in on a Dalmatian skin umbrella and just starts fucking your dogs off into a bin. <laughs> this one's dead. This one's dead as well. Oh. So... The police offer them 85 new dogs and, for some reason, an out-of-work indie game designer and a definitely now fired and out-of-work fashion designer living in central London with their nan, oh, who also have a child on the way, decide, yes, we'll adopt 85 dogs. Yeah, you're saying that like you don't get it. <laughs> Thank fuck. 
he manages to sell his game like the <laughs> next day. The kid loves yeah. the game now. That seven-year-old finally employs him. That seven-year-old is like, you know, now that you've changed the villain a bit, uh, this is a fantastic game. And I guess it must have sold better than... I mean, this is the 90s. What does it sell better than? Quake. Better than Doom. Better than any game This game ever. sold better than Sim City Because they immediately move into the largest mansion you've ever seen. The most disgusting... Spotted mansion. Dalmatian oh, spotted mansion. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Fucking abyss. And they've got about a thousand dogs now. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've all inbred together. Oh, yeah, they said that the dogs had dogs. And- oh, yeah, the dogs are having kids and yeah. Hongo yeah. and Purdy are having more kids. And they're all licking so- Roger awake. He's <laughs> <laughs> someone's happy. He yeah. refuses to sleep with Anita to make more more room for the dogs to lick him awake. Oh, how many alarm clocks have got to go off to wake them all up? <laughs> he's, he's now just getting licked awake by a bunch of inbred strange dogs. <laughs> Two tongues. <laughs> but yeah, there's now a family that lives on the outskirts of London in a spotted house with 101 Dalmatians. Or there's a man who got hit in the head with three bricks whilst making a game about a Dalmatian. And none of this is happening. And lived out a fever dream. <laughs> the The post credit scene is him sitting in a psych ward with a bandage around his head. But then Nanny peeks in through the window waiting for him to pass. Was it real all along? <laughs> The post credit oh, yeah. scene is him in hospital with a bandage around his head, slowly drifting off to sleep, and then her, head, her face pops <laughs> pops up at the window. <laughs> He's, she's got the Cruella de Vil hair now. <laughs> He's dead. It's time to skin him and make a hat. What a psychological thriller that would be. So good. Okay. Have we got any trivia, Carl? You think I did prep for this? Excellent. So, Sam, do you have any bad reviews for us? I've got a few bad reviews for you. Excellent. Yes, I have. I, I, mean, I, think, I feel like we could all write a couple bad reviews for this ourselves. Mm. But not even girls would like this. <laughs> Luckily, not too many CD reviews for this one. The review score was not very good. I'm not shocked by that fact. Uh, but, I'll, yeah, I'll run through a few choice ones. So, Catherine Owino gives it one star says, I didn't really like this, and it was really scary. Y'all should maybe hate this too, because I remember, it was way too frickin' scary. <laughs> I, I don't think this was that scary. Uh, no, not the version I watched. The version we imagined. <laughs> Unless she played the video game that was obviously terrifying. Oh, uh, yes, because of the villain. Yeah. Uh, we've also got one. Uh, Jerry K gave it five stars and said... Whoa, that is very good. I have to watch it several times, but it's still nice. I started watching when I was 12, but now I'm 26. That did take a while. And to be fair, at the start of that barking scene from the end, did feel like about 14 years. Yeah, <laughs> that was very long. So I think I can relate to, to Jerry Kay on that one. Last one, and this is by far the weirdest, is from... Dr. FP, or maybe Drup, who gave it two stars. <laughs> oh no. Best joke of the podcast there. <laughs> oh no. Here's one of those weird 90s movies that you remember watching and thinking, why the hell are all the people in this just completely stupid and nuts? Well, I pretty much dislike most movies with animals in. I just can't deal with it. Why the hell are Disney so into animals? And they've got that stupid buddies crap going on too. Really? I'm sure these dogs are going to die of something. Anyway, I thought at least Cruella Deville's hairstyle is pretty rockin'. And I know she's meant to be a psycho bitch to a great volume, but why is everyone else so stupid and uninteresting and boring and sucky? We also think those dogs are going to die of something. I think they've already died of something. Not it. Uh, I agreed with that review. Yeah, I didn't understand a lot of it, but I think I agreed with it. We didn't need to spend an hour and 15 discussing this movie. We could have just said that and left it at that. 
I did actually have one bit of trivia before I talked myself out of it at the, point of the start. Just one bit that I really enjoyed was that... Um, on, I'll cut it back in. Glenn Close had in her contract that she got to keep all of the costumes that she wore in the movie. Which is quite a cool thing to put into your contract. (laughs) She she got to keep any of the puppies that didn't survive filming. All the puppies that died. None of them. There was was the original Pongo that died when the clock fell on his head, which was then replaced with another one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was hers. And they had just the many lost along the way to the bins around the house. Thank you for that, Carl. Thank you for that, Sam. Some great stuff there. But now we get down to the mitty gritty. Sam. So, do you think that was good, do you? No, I don't. Oh, good, good. <laughs> sorry, I take it back. I've already said sorry. There's going to be a lot more sorries in this. I really insisted on watching this because I thought it was a cracking movie. And yeah, I'm re-watching it. Oh, God, that was bad. I didn't know at the time how derivative it was of <laughs> basically everything else that came out around the time, including the thing that it's actually a remake of. <laughs> it, in fact, it should have been more derivative of that. No, I didn't I didn't write a, a summary for, for my thoughts on this, so I'm just winging this. Uh, I'm sorry for choosing this movie. It was no. a lot worse than I remember. And, yeah. I'll do better next time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope 102 Dalmatians is better, because that's what's next week. Carl, do you want to give it a run at this? I'm going to go the other way. Okay. I mean, it was one of those where I knew it was a bad movie, but I had a good time watching it. I mean, mainly because big fan of Horace and Jasper, the, the slapstick and stuff involved with those two, I was a fan of Hugh Laurie and Mark Williams anyway, always find funny. And I am discovering about myself whilst we do this that if you put a dog in a movie, I will decide that movie is good. I'll just sit there (laughs) happily watching. As long as it's licking a face. As long as it's licking ears, toes, mouth, I'm happy. I'm the Jeff Daniels of this podcast. (laughs) Or the Matthew Broderick, one of the two. (laughs) But but yeah, uh, I knew it was a bad movie, but I had a good time. Evan. Here it is with me then. Um, I wasn't convinced of the applicability of this movie for the podcast, as I made you boys aware. I'm I'm sorry about that. That was quite the rant. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's just, it did fall into the rut that I thought it would, which is, this is a Disney movie. It wasn't, we did, I enjoyed the run at the end where we talked about Nanny. So I was wrong that there wasn't, there may have been nothing to find in this, but um, for me, it was just kind of over oh, them getting married straight away and all the dogs and everything's a happy ending. I just, it didn't give me a sloppy red hard rocket, boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I loved you, Laurie, Mark Williams, Glenn Close. Your awesome performances all around there. Very uh, good. And I do want to, this is a terrible joke, but. I wrote this earlier on in the movie when I was like, I hate this. I'm preparing my summary now before anything good happened. And I said, 101 Dalmatians, a.k.a. Press X to Pongo, just isn't a film for me. Because (laughs) at the time he was running around shouting Pongo, and I thought that was the best thing I've ever written. Reading it now, it's worthless. (laughs) It had, I know the scene you're talking about, and it just made me think of that guy, that Fenton guy. Screaming for his dog as it it runs away and ignores him. Uh, Also, that being said, I absolutely hated the main, the protagonists in this that weren't the dogs. Um, So inane. Roger and Anita, those are names, they were insufferable. Uh, And this is why I said I'm going to reference it later because I was hating on this movie when I wrote this summary. In fact, I'll go as far to say I'm glad the Queen murders her before 103 Dalmatians. Excellent. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we got round to that. Fair Isn't enough. it good how you have to explain the setup for your joke before you make the joke to make it even slightly funny? About an hour before telling the joke, you've yeah. got to tear Remember up. this. Remember this. <laughs> I think we're done, boys, aren't we? Well done. We got through it. Well done. <laughs> we took a little break week there. I'm feeling a bit stale, a bit dusty, but we're on the other end now. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you for joining me, as always. Thank you all for listening. Uh, just to make you all aware, we guested over on Dungeons & Podcasts, which you can find over on Spotify recently, where we did a Star Wars one-shot with 5e rules. It was very fun. Cody was a very good host and a very good DM. I'm going to chuck a link in the description, so please check that out. Here's all the usual stuff. Follow us on Twitter at SoYouThinkPod and at some point, I'll put the stuff on YouTube, but if you listen to it here, do you need to go there? Maybe. Until next time. Oh, actually, before that, next week, Carl has already picked his movie, and we will be watching Anaconda. I don't know why I did that. I'm very tired and very hot. <laughs> so until next time, thank you and goodbye, and sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry.